Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Wise Men Today, a whole city podcast. Joining me as always, Alex. Good evening, Alex. How are you doing? Yeah, good. How are you? I'm great, thank you. And also, we're joined by a special guest today, uh, my work colleague, also massive city fan, Joe. How are we doing, Joe? Now then, I'm doing well, thank you. You? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, great to have you on. Uh, obviously, we wanted to get you on for ages, and uh, as I know, you're an avid listener of the show, so it's great to have you on. Absolutely. Things for City. Okay, so uh, in this episode, we have the, the usual sort of segment, which is the whole City Alphabet. We're on letter P today. We're also going to uh, review the two games that we've had in the last week and then look ahead the two home games that we've got as well coming up in the future um starting off then alex do you, do you have any news twitter news anything like that at, the, at this moment in time what regarding city or or just yeah. me but well it, well if you've got any news you want to share then by all means but i think you're more along the lines of the twitter account or any, any city related news um well have you seen that we've signed um flores all oh, right, no, I haven't. Uh, some breaking news there for me, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Just in the last like hour and a half, we've just we've just confirmed the signing of Flores, who scores Puskas styles goals. So that's that's good news. We needed strengthening in those sort of wide areas. So that's good signing for me. Yeah, great stuff. So we signed a, a Puskas standard goal. We're going to talk about a Puskas standard goal as well later on in the show. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then any any uh, update on device yet? Because I know he's having his medical at QPR. Has there been a signature yet? I don't think there's been a signature, but I believe he's posted on Instagram a photo of him wearing a QPR polo shirt, which is as good as for me. Yeah, definitely. Okay, right. So yeah. uh, moving moving on then to the the games gone by. So we're going to start obviously with the the Sunderland game on Saturday, live on Sky Sports. And it, it started pretty promising, didn't it, Alex? Uh, we'll come to you first. Do you want to go through the team? Yeah, that'd be good. So, Sunderland, interestingly, uh, long started in goal for this one. Uh, Emmanuel, Burke, Greaves, Fleming, Alfie Jones and Smallwood, uh, Honeyman, Doherty, Wilkes and Tom Eaves up front. Brilliant stuff. And um, it was great to see like the, the changing. Obviously, we had uh, Fleming starting and, you know, good to see Eves getting a go as well. Obviously, it was a, a bit of a different starting lineup to what we used to, obviously, with uh, Ingram out and a couple of players. Well, Ingram's on the bench, sorry. But, yeah, a couple of players uh, rotated in. What were your initial thoughts, Joe, on the first half uh, we'll we'll start with because it seemed to me that there was a little bit of a game of two halves. What do you think of the first half? Yeah, I thought we did really well, and I thought actually we probably should have gone in at the break ahead. There was a couple of chances, and um, I think Eves where he hit the bar uh, springs to mind that you really want your striker to be burying those chances. And I thought with the injury to the keeper, which I don't really think their bench must have known how bad it was. Um, I thought we should have sort of lumped a few more balls into the box because clearly for the goal that we scored, his, his depth perception had gone 
um, mm. and he completely misjudged the fight of it. So, yeah, good first half, but I thought, really, we should have gone in ahead. Yeah, I agree with you there, Joe, uh, especially because he's had a chance before he hit the bar as well, didn't he? I think where it went wide, and you should think yeah. he should be hitting the target from there. Uh, I don't know what you guys both thought of the the Wilkes. We won't say a challenge, it wasn't really, wasn't it, uh, on, on Berge? I, I thought it was maybe a little bit naughty, in my opinion. Because yeah. um, I know initially the, the commentator said, uh, you know, he's just he's tried to get out of the way, if anything, but then he soon changed his mind when it, it went into slow motion. What were your thoughts on it, Alex? Yeah, I, I sort of said to you, didn't I? Um, I think he's one of these players, he, he plays right on the edge. So, like, he's, you know, can be, you know, can flirt with sort of breaking the rules a bit sometimes. And I think that was a bit naughty because he could have easily got out of the way. I mean, it does look initially that he was trying to take his foot out of the way, but who knows? I mean, ultimately, yeah. there was no there was no complaints from the Sunderland players. And obviously, we get the benefit of seeing it in slow-mo. I mean, this, this all happened at, you know, split-second speed, doesn't it? So... I'd like to hope that it was a pure accident, but, you know, who knows? Yeah. I think um, taking on that, that that sort of point, good balance there, Alex, but I think obviously we don't want players to go and get injured, but it's good to see that some players have got a little bit of bite about them, a little bit of a nasty streak, because we, we need that in this league first and foremost because we don't want to get kicked out a bit. And if you've got a flair player like Wilkes as well, who is likely to get kicked quite a lot, He's got a little bit about him as well, so he can give what, what he takes, really. Um, Joe, what are your thoughts on that sort of characteristic? Do you think it's important in League One? Yeah, and I think, actually, back end of last season, we'd have killed for a player doing that because a lot of them seem to not care. And although this particular incident, it doesn't look too good if Wilkes did mean to leave a leg in, I do like the fact that we've got a few players who, in Sunday League, it's a let them know you're there. And I do think it doesn't come across well if that's what Wilkes has done in this incident. But I think, yeah, having that bit of nastiness in us, I don't think it'll do us any harm at all. Yeah, it's a good job uh, maybe VIR wasn't wasn't uh, present in League One because yeah. obviously when you slow things down, it, it, it looks a lot worse than it is. I mean, I don't know if anyone saw the Manchester United game last night, but it definitely some of the challenges looked worse in slow motion as... Uh, than they actually did at, at full speed. So it is like like Alex said, you know, it's at, it's at game speed. Wilkes is a quick player as well, so you just don't know. But it, it certainly seemed to hinder the goalkeeper, and obviously we benefited from that uh, with Reece Beck taking the lead for us. But then looking at the the Magidi goal, I was a little bit disappointed really that one of the smallest men on the pitch ended up jumping up for a header and scoring. Uh, we'll come to you again, Joe. What what were your thoughts on the the defensive setup? Because I've been quite pleased with our defence this season, but that seemed to just be a bit of a lapse in concentration. Yeah, I think, I don't want to bash the same player, but I think it was just Eves, he, he got caught under the ball and it just showed that it's not all about um, height. It was McGeady's run that sort of opened up the space for him and then it was quite a simple header. Um, so yeah, not definitely not just blaming Eves. I think it was poor um, organisation. I think, did they take a quick, was it a quick free kick out wide? I'm trying to it remember. Was, yeah, there was, it was the player sort of. Um, I don't think anyone really tracked the run, or was they were slow to react to to the run that obviously yeah. led to the cross. Um, so you got to just be switched on all the time, haven't you? And that just yeah. showed obviously Sunderland under a, a relatively new manager, I think uh, uh, Lee Johnson, isn't it? And you know he wants to play with that sort of little bit of flair, bit of pace, bit of panache, and we need to be right on it. 
against teams like that. But you take a point at Stadium of Light before the season began. And um, yeah, what were your overall sort of verdicts? Then we'll come to you, Alex, first. Overall verdict on the game. So I did my notes. Um, you know, it's a sport of fine margins. So we mentioned the two Eves chances there. So if he if Eves bangs one one bangs one of those headers in, suddenly it's all looking quite rosy. Um, we're two 0 up, um, and we probably would have gone on to win. And Eves would have come off feeling. Um, you know, quite quite jubilant. But um, because he, he hit the bar and because the keeper pulled off a really good save and then Eves get injured, suddenly it's the world's turned on Eves' head again. Um, and yeah, he's, he's really can't catch a break at the minute, that kid. So, yeah. fine margins. But overall, a good away point. Sunderland is, is not a easy place to go to, even with no fans. Um, yeah. So to get a point there, I think was a result. And okay. uh, just interestingly, you mentioned Long and Ingram. Is 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 McCann thinking Long's now his first choice? Because he started yeah. him in the league and then it will come on to the Fleetwood game in a minute, but then Ingram got the nod for the Fleetwood game. So interesting talking yeah. point now, I think. It is, yeah, definitely. We'll come on to that in a moment. Um Joe, what's your final sort of thoughts on the Sunderland game? I agree. I think it was a, a great away point, and I think probably one of the biggest positives I'll take from it is although the second half you'd say Sunderland um, had the better of it I can't really remember Long having to make a save maybe that's me misremembering it but I also thought that left back um, and left centre half pairing two whole lads Greaves and Fleming I think that's a massive positive to take from it I think they look um, really well suited to this level and probably able to go a bit further I think it was probably Fleming's best game for us in, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. Sorry, John. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Fleming. Um, so, yeah, to see him play so well last, uh, against Sunderland was, was pleasing for me as well, Joe. So, yeah, good shout that. Well, I've got to add in as well. It, it wasn't an easy feat, I, I thought, for, for Fleming because that, um, is it Jack Diamond? Yeah. Uh, was a really good player. He, 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 I thought he, he played, he had put in a good performance. And there's a couple of times I thought it's going to be a good tussle this. And, um, you know, once or twice he sort of had the upper hand in Fleming Wood. And, and it was just a really good battle to watch. Obviously, two talented young players there. Uh, and then just, obviously, I said final verdict on the game, but we, we can't really move on without discussing Keane Lewis Potter. And Sky's coverage of the situation didn't really seem to reflect what what the fans obviously know and, and the struggles going on there because it sort of seemed to, to focus more on the fact that as if Keane Lewis Potter wanted to leave the club. That's how it came across to me anyway. And they were saying, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to wrangle for a move. And he doesn't want to sign that extra year. And why can't he just commit to the club and, and, and think about performances? And you know, I think they also, I think it was Matt Mills who mentioned, you know, he's an academy product, Hull lad. Why doesn't he want to play for the club? And I just didn't really feel like it was fairly sort of covered in that context. What well, It's dragging on a bit now. What, what are your thoughts, Joe? How do we quickly resolve this situation? It's a really difficult one. I I thought at first it was just lazy, um, I don't know if you call it journalism from Sky, um, but then I did wonder if they knew something that we didn't. You know, there's people in football circles possibly talk. Mm. Um, but I did try to think of it from a different point of view, and I wondered if when McCann did come out in the press against Blackpool and bring up the issue which i thought was strange in the first place i wondered if that was actually him 
trying to say to the fans, listen, my, my hands are tied here and almost trying to tell us that it's not his decision. It's been made above and actually, you know, if it was up to him, he'd be playing Keen Lewis Potter um, because it just, I think whatever angle you look at it from, it doesn't make sense for it to be out in the press. Um, and I think you mentioned in one of the previous podcasts, it could potentially upset other players at the club. So, yeah, it needs to be resolved quickly, but I'm not quite sure how. Yeah, um, I think we, we spoke about Alex, didn't we, off air to in sort of our friendship group during the during the game. And one of the sort of theories thrown about there is, you know, obviously the, the, the club are in the driving seat in terms of, um, you know, appearances and they don't want to obviously play, play him again because his wage, wages would go up. Why don't they say then, let's flip it on its head? You sign this contract for two years, but if you play this many games, you activate an extra year or two on your contract, and then it sort of spins it on its head. And you know, if, if he does really want to play for the club, which I believe that he does, he would then go, you know, be more than happy to play those games and and trigger those extra years on his deal. But then give him what he wants initially, give him that two year contract or whatever it is that he's after. But then obviously try and trigger some extra deals. What what do you think uh, is is the solution, Alex? Tough one, mate. Um, it seems to me like it's been going on for for too long now. Like, it, I hope it just gets sorted soon now, because yeah. if if there were just a couple of things to like, you know, dot the i's and cross the t's, it would have been done quickly, wouldn't it? And yeah, I think I agree with you, Joe. That it was lazy journalism from Sky because I don't, I really don't think they've picked up on the situation very well. Um, but yeah, it, it, we don't really know what's happening ultimately. So, you know, mm. all we can do and like is just send out our good wishes. Like, come on, you know, please, KLP, you're a fan's favourite. Yeah, sign <laughs> sign the dotted line. And if if and like, we'll please to the to the you know to the earners or whoever's dealing with the contract. Like, you know, let's let's meet in the middle somewhere. Let's have a compromise. Yeah, well, alums and compromise don't tend to usually go in the same sentence, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, right, before yeah. we get on to Woody's questions, we're going to look at the, the next game, uh, which is the Fleetwood game that was obviously uh, yesterday in the Cup. Um, so, again, what a, what, a, what a crazy evening, really. Uh, it, obviously, a little bit earlier on the kickoff, and it was good to see um, young Andy Smith making his, his first team uh, debut uh, defender centre half. I remember him uh, from you know walking around in the academy. It's just great to see familiar faces on the pitch. Didn't really see much of him play, obviously, because I was with the younger age groups. But but amazing to see faces that I've seen you know walking around the around Bishop Burton, putting on a, a first team jersey and, and making an appearance. So um, a couple of changes, Alex. Do you have the team there, or do you want me to go through it? I've got it, mate. So we've got changing goal Ingram. Uh, Louis Coyle, I, as you mentioned, Adam Smith, Sean McLaughlin, Callum Elder, Slater, Batty and Alfie Jones, and Maya He, McGuinness and Scott. Yeah, so uh, my, my first thoughts really is obviously he has, he fielded as a second, a second team and he likes to obviously play your, your, your cup regulars, Batty, Coyle, uh, McLaughlin, 
But great, you know, we have Elder, the experience of Elder in there as well. Ingram in goal, some experience to help talk the two young lads through the game. And then some, you know, natural leaders in, in sort of McGuinness, really, and, and Coyle on the pitch there as well. So I thought it was a good balanced team against what was probably a, a full strength uh, Fleetwood side, you know, minus maybe one or two players, but it looks like a pretty strong team to me. And uh, yeah, what a crazy game. Joe, do you want to, we were, we were texting during the game, do you want to sort of give us your interpretation of the the events as they unfolded? Yeah, I think um, Fleetwood seemed to start really quickly, which I think caught us by surprise because obviously they've, I don't think they'd played since Boxing Day. And obviously we've got players in there that hadn't played for a while, but and that caught us by surprise and they deservedly took the lead. I think it was 15 minutes in the possession popped up and they had 77% and we had 23. Um, I think 20 of that was goal kicks and passing it around the back. Um, and then... Um, the second half, I mean, we've just mentioned Keen Lewis Potter, but those three substitutes, Honeyman, Potter, and um, Wilkes, it just showed how important they are to us. It gave us a bit of impetus. Um, and then we went 2 0 down to a really sloppy goal. I was on the phone to my dad watching it and just convincing ourselves that we weren't bothered, could do without the distraction of the cup. And then um, that was in the 77th minute. And then about 15 minutes later, we were over the moon that we'd won 3 2. So. <laughs> that would be my brief summary. Yeah, indeed. It's one of them, innit? When you go out the cup or whatever, it's all, oh, yeah, we're focusing on the league anyway. You know, it's just nice to feel the, the extra players. And then obviously, everyone loves a, a cup run. Um, we were discussing, Alex, weren't we? How, you know, what would it mean to get, well, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but to potentially get to Wembley. What would it, what would it mean for you if we did get there? Is it something that you'd be too bothered about? I think. It's it's a strange one. It's probably the kind of trophy where no one would really talk about it. And then suddenly if we got to the final, everyone would be like, yeah, come on, let's have it. Let's win the pizza cup and that. Um, for me, like, there's no better chance to win silverware for a team in League One than there is this trophy. So why not go for it? Um, you know, I, I think about Mourinho and the way he treats the League Cup. Um Whatever team he's at, he always seems to go for that. And I just think, you know, it's a chance for silverware. So maybe managers should treat it with a bit more, you know, respect and a, and a bit more uh, motivation. So to me, it'd mean a lot. You know, we, we obviously reached the FA Cup in our lifetime. That, that would have meant a whole lot more to us given the history of the FA Cup. But, you know, what a chance to win silverware. So... Why not go for it? Yeah, I feel like that. Obviously, they're all professional athletes. So if you're a professional footballer, professional athlete, you want to win no matter what it is. So that that obviously is in the players' minds. In terms of fans, we've maybe been a little bit spoilt by Wembley visits over the recent years, but it's still nice to go. And I, you know, if if we were allowed there, I don't know if we will be by then. But it's a nice day out. And, you know, it's great to see your team play at the national stadium. So. I, I would be all for it and, and supporting City all the way and treating it like any other cup final because, like you say, we're entered in the competition, so you might as well go and try and win it. And, um, yeah, definitely, you know, like I said, fans and players alike, and you obviously saw what it meant at the end, uh, the turnaround, and, and Joe obviously touched on that 15 minutes later. Is It was just a whirlwind of of goals, wasn't it? Um, seemed to all come from three set pieces as well on the same side. 
Uh, obviously, the, the the coil girl, it, it came out of the box and then was rifled back in. Uh, but what did you think of the goals then? Because obviously, set-piece goals, you're thinking, we need maybe McGuinness, we need maybe Scott, Eves on there, obviously the wet, wet on at the time, Lewis Potter, Wilkes, not the biggest of players. Good movement, Joe? Yeah, I think it goes back to the point I made about McGeady's goal for Sundown, that it isn't all about height, it's where you put yourself and I suppose picking up on the second ball, was it Potter's where it came off the post from Alfie Jones? Um, yeah. it was just being alive to the situation. Wilkes, I mean, he, if you're a Fleetwood fan, he shouldn't be free in the six-yard box. Um, but yeah, I just think good movement um, and well-delivered set pieces as well. Yeah, and um, just Alex talk me through the the Coil Puskas Award 2021 winner. Well, you'd probably run out of superlatives again, wouldn't you? Just the it's just so symbolic, isn't it? Like the honeymoon corners were just devastating. Um, and then for it to land at Coral's feet, you know, you know, the official supporters club do like the score prediction before every game. Yeah, I actually picked Coil to score first um, in this one, but I, you know, I should have put it on any time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, I actually, it looked wicked from the from the view that of of the game, but then I saw an even better view, which was filmed from behind the goal, where yeah, yeah, you just saw Coil just control it nicely uh, and sort of set up that ping. And like even the like I didn't realise but the keeper got quite a fist on it. Um but even that it just it was so powerful, it just it just ended up helping it into the postage stamp. And what yeah. a moment. I mean Tommy Coyle tweeted about it. It was like he, he said, What a moment for his brother. And he said Yeah, you know, someone tweeted Tommy and said, Tommy, you you you're a, you two are legends and Tommy said, Well, I couldn't even lace this guy's boots. <laughs> like the strike was that good. So, you know, what yeah. a moment for Coyle. You know, he's, he's been he's had some ups and downs this season, you know, the, the missed penalty um early on in the year. Yeah. And, you know, obviously he's had an injury and he's had to play a second fiddle to, you know, Emmanuel. So, you know, well yeah. well done to him for just keep keep going and you know, what a strike. Any striker would be proud of that. Yeah, definitely. And, it, you know, it's a shame that the, the fans were in to see it because it would have been a great moment for him to, to get his first goal. And obviously a late win is always nice under the lights at the KCOM. But, yeah, still a great yeah. moment nonetheless. And like you said, really, yeah, it's a shame. Well, not a shame because we're quite blessed to have two really good right-backs this season and we're spoiled for choice. But maybe a shame on Coyle's part because he thought he may be playing uh, a bigger part in the league. And obviously with his squad number as well, says a lot. Number two, you're thinking he's going to be the our starting right back. But credit to Emmanuel for pushing him all the way. And that's that's exactly what you need. So, yeah, fantastic result. And obviously through to the next round, we'll wait and see see who we get. Okay, right. This back to, um, sorry, John. It takes yeah, me back yeah. to when we had... Um, do you remember when we had Andy Dawson and, and Alan Rogers? Yeah, yeah. So the we had... we right left back, yeah. Yeah, and like... You know, because them two were our best players on form at the time. And I remember thinking, is there not a way we can get them both into the team? You know, surely they could do that with Coyle and Emmanuel somehow. We had yeah. similar with um, Elmer and Rosinha as well. 
right back or right yeah. wing back. Yeah, fairly blessed. Yeah. yeah. I had to do it on FIFA. I had to uh, make Coil a CDM just to get them both in the team because I wanted them to play so badly. But yeah, maybe... Well, in theory, you could put yeah. Coil... You could play Coil where Honeyman plays and you wouldn't notice because they look the same. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, I should put this put put Sonnyman's shirt on. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is the this is the part. We usually do this first, but I wanted just to review the game first, really, and see like the the take on it. Um, but we're going to get into Alex's questions now to welcome our guest, Joe. So Alex, take it away. John, I'm 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 gonna like. One day, when when we get real good at this, I hope we can get some real nice, like dramatic music in for this. Oh no, yeah, yeah, it's just for for Woody's questions. We'll need a, a sound guy just to, just to hype up the pressure. But yeah, welcome, Joe. Thank thank you for thank joining you. us this evening. Um, so let's go straight in. First question: earliest Hull City moment or memory? Um, I did say to John before this. I've listened to enough of your pods by now that you say not to overthink answers, but I've thought about these every time I've listened to one of the podcasts. But I do think my first <laughs> proper whole city memory was first game with a pass, which was uh, we drew nil nil against Plymouth at home. So it wasn't the game. It was more just being um, at Boothry Park on a sunny summer's day with my dad, granddad and uncle and just sort of that experience of going to... Yeah, less about the football, more about the experience. Wonderful. Real a real family day. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Second question. Favourite Hull City girl or girls? I think it'd have to be Curtis Davis goal in the FA Cup final. Whenever I watch a replay. It stops then. It stops. <laughs> Two nil in the FA Cup. Yeah. Um yeah, we've we've never lost the FA Cup final as far as me watching the replays go. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. That, that took yeah, a bit what, what Does it? Sorry, yeah. Yeah, that... I just think it felt like it felt like we'd made it and then obviously unfortunately we then end up going down the next season, but yeah. Just yeah. win the big time. Amazing. I, I thought, I, sorry, Alex, for interrupting that. It took me by surprise because I, I I had a goal in mind, which I thought Joe's definitely going to say. Paul McShane uh, against but, Cardiff. I was thinking, yeah, yeah. Um, or actually the, another one, uh, which has just sprung to mind about another player, but we might even get to that, so we'll, I yeah. won't spoil it. Great, yeah. Was, was that second goal in the... Yeah. Yeah, so when you're thinking two nil up, come on, we've got this. Yeah, just surreal. Football in it. Yeah, football. Right, favorite Hull City manager. Brucey would always top the list for me. Um, I do obviously quite a few people have said Brucey. I do think someone. I don't think he's had a mention yet. Though I did like our football under um, Marco Silva. So for what Brucey achieved, Brucey. But in terms of football. Um, apart from when we capitulated in games, I thought the football under Marco Silva was really, really good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, his, his record speaks for itself, doesn't it, Brucey? Yeah, yeah. For us, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Favourite Hull City player? I think I'd have to say Nicky Barnby. Um, I just I just loved the way that he played the game. He was a quality player, but he, he had that um, that nasty streak in him as well. He'd, he'd never give up the fight. Um, uh, yeah. We used to really like watching yeah, Nicky Barnby play. Well, yeah. I once remember yeah. him squaring up to Danny Shittu and just thinking, what are you doing? But loving it at the same time. <laughs> Amazing. I, I thought you were going to say that for the goal, yeah. actually. Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, it's it's up there, definitely. Yeah, the volley. Strike. Strike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, a bit different to the others, this one. Best player you've seen play against us? Um, I think it'd be David Silva. I, I get confused with the there's two Man City games I'm thinking of, and I think one we lost four two, and one we lost two nil. But there was one game where David Silva, I'm I'm sure he scored within two or three minutes. Um, and I just remember really enjoying watching him play as much as you can enjoy watching your team lose. But he didn't have a he didn't have a, a streak to his game that made you dislike him. Um, yeah, I just thought a real real quality player. Yeah, real class class player, wasn't he? Yeah, who rarely gets tackled and and just very clever. Yeah. Yeah, well done, Joe. You've made it through with his questions Thank seamlessly. You. I must say as well. Yeah, some lovely answers there. Over to John. Yeah, brilliant answers, and it's just great. Like I say, even uh, we we do we do get some like common uh, themes with like the goals uh, and things like that, which are really really do stick out in the mind. It, it it never does get old. Talk about memories such as the FA Cup final and and some of these players um, that we that we discussed because it was almost like a golden era for us. And and I think I said it in the previous pod. Hopefully, we can get back there sooner rather than later. Um, so what we'll do before we preview the two games uh, coming up this week, we are going to go to the whole city alphabet, which I'm getting quite sad actually because it's coming to it's not coming to the end because we've got quite a few letters left, but we're getting ever closer, and I'm really really enjoying the feature and also the input from the, the Twitter following as well. So what I'm going to do is give our guest Joe the opening uh, player to, to go over, so to pick one out. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, what we'll do is, Alex, we'll, we'll sort of go back and forth if you want. You can say one from Twitter and Joe can say one. You can say, you know, who's got the same one. We'll, we'll do a little bit of Hull City Alphabet ping pong. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Amazing. Okay, then, Joe, who have you got for letter P of the Hull City Alphabet? I think I'll start with Henrik Pedersen. Um, he joined us the year that we got promoted under Phil Brown, about the same time as JJ Okocha, I think. And um, he just added that extra bit of quality that in the end, I think he was injured for the end of the season, but it, I think those goals early on uh, got us over the line. So, yeah, Henrik Pedersen. Yeah, you liked Pedersen, didn't you, Alex? You were a fan of Yes, him. I did. Um, it really like, um, what's the word? Like versatile, that's the word I'm thinking of. Versatile yeah. player because I remember him playing left back, left wing, 
and like I had a bit of a spell up front as well. And you just imagine he's like really ideal to have like around the training ground as well. You know, it's like real positive, you know, positive vibes only on wise men's say. And yeah, we like Henrik Pedersen. Yeah. Also mentioned by Benedict Lee Walker and Norwegian Tiger. Amazing guys. And I think as well with Pedersen, uh, it's good to have, I think Phil Brown wanted to obviously, like Joe said, uh, same time as JJ Kocher, you need a couple of good season pros in that team, uh, you know, pushing for a promotion. We had young Fraser Campbell and and some good players around, but really, you know, get, get a little bit of experience in there. We had experienced football league players such as Wayne Brown in there, but really to have some players who've experienced the top top level, they know what it takes to get there and the standards that they set along with that. So great shout, Joe. Alex. Oh, is it me? Um, right, from the Twitter following, I'm going to go um, a chap called Stuart Pearson. So he was mentioned by um, Tiger Door, uh, Peter Chapman, Sue CR, and Stuart Williamson. But I, I don't actually know who it is, but it like, sounds Stuart decent. Pearson. <laughs> Played for the whole city, I think. <laughs> he went on to play for <laughs> Man United, I think. Really? Yeah, I think he was one where there was a couple in that era. I've got a couple more P's, which I'll go on to later if they're not named. But yeah, went on to like bigger things after City in the 80s, around maybe Brian Horton's time. I'm not sure. Love yeah. that, Joe. Yeah, who's got Joe? Who else you got? Um, I'll go for... Jason Price. Loved a bit of Jason Price. Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, I can't believe that. I'm kicking myself here. You forgot about him? How dare you? <laughs> I know. Well, I didn't, it's not like I forgot. Well, yeah, I did. No, I can't even defend myself here. I did forget about him. I didn't forget his name. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. Yeah, great. I just, there was points where him on right wing, um, Stuart Elliott left wing, um, and they could both chip in with a goal. Um, really good memories of Casey, sort of um, Division Three and then League One. Great player. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty. According to his Wikipedia as well, <laughs> uh, it says he's six foot seven inches with a twelve inch afro. <laughs> Sounds so I don't, right. don't know who's edited his Wikipedia, but love it. Is uh, there a like? Yeah. Is there an asterisk on that, John? Like some of this information is unproven. He seemed to carry on for quite a, a long time after his uh, after his professional career and, and played a lot in the non-league scene following that. But yeah, 75 games and uh, and 13 goals, which seemed like he was around forever, really. He was a, a great player to have in the squad. And um, obviously Welsh as well. Did he play for Wales? Not too sure if he did. Oh, he played, no, to be fair, he played seven national team appearances between 1998 and 1999. Did so he? Have a, little, have a little stint there, so that's good. It's naughty, that. Yeah, he might have, might have played with Giggsy. <laughs> um, Alex, <laughs> Alex on the left. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pricey was a, a popular one again, um, mentioned by Turnbull, Benedict, Lee Walker, uh, and interestingly, Tiger's Tube, who I've been chatting with on 
we've been sliding into each other's DMs. He posted a video of Price's goal against Sheffield United. Do you both remember that one? The left footer. Oh, yeah. From edge of the edge. Yeah. Strike. That was <laughs> yeah. a goal and half that. With his left foot as well. Beast. Um, oh, always makes me think how, mention... like, sorry, Alex, are these players like Price and stuff? Uh, how they would fit into the current side. I always think about you, you always say like to not compare areas really because it's all it's a different like different game now. But it's always interesting to sort of think about how these players would fit into our current side if they would get in and stuff like that. Really, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I'm I'm gonna mention. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Nathan Pete um, because. As you know, John, uh, I do a little bit of commentary for um, Barton FM sometimes, uh, following Barton Town. And Nathan Pete is now the assistant manager and player at uh, Barton, and he's still making his way around the non-league scene. And he's still, you can tell he's got a bit of class about him in the games that I've seen. So, yeah, Nathan Pete, mentioned by uh, Ulrader Dan and Kelsey. Okay, good stuff. Well, I'm going to chuck one in here, and then I think what we'll do is go a little bit quick fire with it before we preview the last two games. So I'm going to go with the beast, John Parkin. Um, he scored a wonderful goal against Leeds. And um, I was trying to find the photograph actually on Google because there's a picture of me and my, my friend Liam celebrating in the south stand and the, uh, behind in the background of the picture where he's doing the knee slide. And I, and I remember thinking, I need to frame that. Never got round to it, and it's just disappeared in the abyss of Google Images. So I need to have a good search and try and find that. But, uh, yeah, 47 appearances, 11 goals. I believe he's got a book out, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he, he had, had a bit of time at York City as well. So uh, John Parkin made a great career out of, well, being the beast, really, uh, sort of using physicality and a, a proper, proper old-school centre-forward, uh, really. Yeah, loved holding the ball up. Wonderful player. Yeah, real good scorer. Real good real good set of feet for a big man as well, Parkin. He did indeed. Uh, well, after, after he, he left us, I was looking at his career and he, he went. He was on loan at Stoke, I think it was 2007, scored three goals in six games and then they signed him permanently and then he only scored two goals for him. So he obviously liked to sort of gain his, gain his contract and then he could chill out a little bit. But, uh, yeah, his most prolific spell came for York towards the end of his career. Obviously, he dropped, dropped down a couple of divisions and, and scored a fair few goals for them as well. But uh, football league journeyman, played in every league in the football league apart from the Premiership. So um, a bit of a journeyman there in the football league. Okay, right. Let's go a little bit quick fire then. Joe, who have you got? Ray Parler. Oh, that's a good shout. Alex? Shout, uh, Norwegian Tiger said that, and quickly, uh, Jason, uh, sorry, John Parkin was mentioned by James Turnbull, Benedict, and Norwegian Tiger. I'm gonna go, uh, Nick Powell from Norwegian Tiger. Oh, good shout, okay, Joe Lee Peltier, love it, enjoyed his learn spell at us. Um, how many games? He didn't play many games, did he? But I no. always remember him playing for us. I think we said this similar sort of thing about John Ottsema last week. 
Um, but yeah, it was always good to have him. He was at Cardiff for quite a while, wasn't he? Um, I think he's at West Brom. Yeah. Is it Huddersfield? Is that Huddersfield? Yeah, he's uh, Cardiff, and yeah, he's at West Brom now. Yeah, I so, think you're right. We West Brom. Yeah. Um, who said Lee Peltier, Alex? Uh, Peter Chapman. Well, then Peter came up with that shout. Yeah. Who have you got, Alex? Uh, I'm gonna go another Barton connection, Matty Plummer. Um, oh, yeah. Who, yeah, he's playing for Barton. So yeah, I've I've seen him play. He's still got a bit of talent. He still looks a very good player. Uh, Mark Spite mentioned him. Is he a teacher, Alex? Uh, possibly. Yeah, John, yeah. you might know better. I think I Thank volunteered you. in his class when he was um, doing his teacher training. Oh, nice shout! Yeah. <laughs> Personal um, connection. Yeah. Love that. Indeed. Uh, right, we'll do. We'll do. I'll do one, Joe can do one, then we'll, we'll rattle off the, the rest of the names there. So uh, I've gone for someone who, who didn't make a first team appearance, but he had a close connection with my younger brother and playing in the same sort of teams together and ended up going to make a career of himself away from uh, the senior setup at Hull City. And it's a, a player called Alex Penny. He's only 23 years old, so he's still got a lot of his career ahead of him. But he ended up going to, to join uh, Nuneaton Town and make his way in the non-league. And then Peterborough United before going to join Hamilton, play for Boston and Kidderminster Harriers. So he's still sort of around that top end of the non-league and looking to get himself really back into the football league, but making a career for himself. So all the best uh, to Alex Penny there. And he also played uh, for Wales in the under-16 setup as well. So, yeah, fair play to him. And, and I hope that he makes a, a career for himself away from the academy like so. So many of our players have done already. Uh, Joe, who have you got? I've still got a few left, so I'd be interested to see oh, yeah. if they were all shouts from Twitter, but I'll, I'll go for a, a curveball. There's uh, Ben Petty from 2001-2002. Well, let's have a look at this. Joe, if you want yeah. I think after we've looked, yeah, Ben Petty, there he is. If you want to reel off the one, the rest of the ones you've got, and then Alex can just confirm. Yeah, maybe. go for it. All right, Um same sort of relief fill pot. Um, then yeah. Billy Painter, striker who sort of did the rounds in the championship for a bit. Um, Martin Pusic, I think he was called, Austrian. He came for like two games under Nigel Pearson. Um, Michael Price, same season as Ben Petty. I think he ended up at Ferriby. Richard Peacock, great, great escape season. Uh, Andy Payton. And Gary Parker, they're another two from that like eighties era. I think just went on to better things. I think um, Gary Parker might have. I don't know if he won the league with Forest, but he did well there. And then, um, and that's Mercer Man. Oh, Keen Lewis Potter, and have him, can't we? Oh yeah, yeah. You for that one. You always make me the adjudicator. I'll, I'll give you that one. You're I'll the independent you adjudicator, mate. <laughs> I'll give you that one as, as long as I can have Paul Ince's son, who obviously played for us, and we, we, we mention him quite a lot because he has to make a career out of his, his dad. So Paul yeah. Ince's son, could that, could that happen as well? Is that all right, Alex? Or am I just getting oh, You can decide, mate. Yeah, I'll give as myself that. Of the game, <laughs> yeah. As the inventor okay. of the game, you are the independent adjudicator. Yeah, I'll have that then. Yeah, great. That's the point. Right then, Alex, let's, let's see off the rest of the, 
the names, if there's any left. Yeah, uh, Lee Palin. Did you mention him? No. Lee Palin. No, I don't know who it is. But yeah, interesting you mentioned Gary Parker and Andy Payton. They were popular with um, some of the, some of the uh, quite a few of the Twitter following. Uh, Jason Perry, did you, you mention him? Nah, rings a bell Jason though. Perry. Yeah, Calzy. Mark Pugh, coming a bit more recent. Oh, yeah. Pugh. Uh, Pugh was mentioned by James Turnbull and Benedict. Uh, Nick Proswich uh, from Benedict and Norwegian Tiger. Uh, again, quite recent. Uh, Pennington, um, who was mentioned by Lee Walker. And uh, Charlie Palmer. Who um, signed for us for thirty thousand um, pounds? Right. He was mentioned by Tiger Door, and there we have it. There we go. Right. Well, it was quite an extended one because he was very blessed. However, Q isn't as blessed as the as the other letters. So, if you are doing the the research and you're getting the names up on Twitter, you've got four to get. So four. It's going to be a very short edition of the Hull City Alphabet next week. One sticks out uh, in my mind, obviously, with one of the sort of the that golden era, as we said. But yeah, um, great edition there. Thanks for your contributions as well, Joe. We're going to move on swiftly to the previews now, and we're going to preview the Blackpool game fair. So at home this Saturday against Blackpool, uh, we will go to you first, Joe. Interesting uh, matchup. Obviously, Blackpool a little bit further down in the league table, but we've not really shown consistency against sides who, regardless of where they are in the table, really. So, what what are your thoughts? I think it'll be interesting to see how we do against them because obviously we lost in that sticky patch that we were having. Um, so yeah, should mm -hmm. be able to get a bit of revenge, and I I just really hope that he starts Keen Lewis Potter just from the off. Let's go out to get the win and I think that'll be probably that'll set our stall out um, from minute one if, if he's playing um, yeah. but yeah I fancy us yeah well he could um, McCann could really put his job on the line and, and bring King Lewis Potter in after, after a minute to show his yeah. stance against the Rams, but I don't know if uh, I don't know if that'd be the wisest thing to do against Ehab uh, Alex, what are your thoughts against the uh, obviously Blackpool, 13th in the league? They've had eight wins, three draws, nine defeats, uh, 11 points behind us. So, so do you think tricky, tricky matchup? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, because looking at the form table, we're pretty much almost bang on next to each other on the form yeah. table. Um, so it's really difficult to call at the minute. Um, the Sunderland game was more convincing than the Charlton game for me on where we're at. I thought it was a better performance, even though we only picked up a point. I think I thought it was a good point. I thought I thought Charlton were dreadful, whereas the Sunderland provided a decent standard of opposition. Yeah. Um, so it's a tricky one to call this, but you know I, I'm ultra positive, as you know. So I'm going to go for a 1-0 City win. Keen Lewis Potter, 81st minute. 
Wonderful. Okay, Joe, what's your score prediction? I'll say 3-1 City. I'll be positive. Okay, I'll go a little bit in between then, and I'm going to go for a 2-0 win. I'm going to go for a midfielder to, to get a goal as well. And I'm going to go for Wilkes. Wilkes is going to get one as well. So any random midfielder, probably Honeyman, let's be honest, and Wilkes as well. Okay, so moving on then to next Tuesday, and it's Accrington at home. Now, Accrington are only five points behind us, three games in hand. So they can obviously make up nine points on us as well and, and go above us if they obviously they win their games in hand and even more so if they beat us as well. bit more of a, a challenge given where they are in the league. Uh, ten wins, sixth in the, in the table. How do we approach this game, Alex? And, and another question I'm going to throw at you rather than just the, the generic sort of preview. Who's your goalkeeper to start in that game against Accrington? Uh, well, my my goalkeeper of choice would be Ingram, but um, that's no slight on Long because I actually rate them both. Um, but I think I think Ingram just he's shown a bit better uh, in terms of his shot stopping ability, um, and I think where where Long lets himself down is. If you look like if you look at uh, McGeady's header, for example, at Sunderland, it just looks like he'd give up. Now it may be that he's not going to get anywhere near it, but fans would probably love it a bit more if he just sort of went for it a bit more. If you know, if you just had a big dive at it. So I think yeah. it's just like, like it, again, it's small margins in it in spot. But if you just make it look like you're trying to go for it, who knows? You may may get a little fist on it. Um, so yeah, my my sort of only slightly. Um, higher opinion would be Ingram at the minute, but keep plugging away along because I do think there's a keeper in there. Um, in terms of the Accrington fixture, um, again, looking at the form table, Accrington are quite ahead of us on the form table, but I'd, I don't know. I fancy us again, especially with it being at the KC. Interestingly, we're playing them again the week after at Accrington. Not sure about that, but I just, I just fancy his um, against Accrington. I think we just, we might have a bit too much for him. Okay, yeah. What, what's your score? I'll go. I'm, I'm going to go two nil, um, mainly because looking at the, looking at the um, Fleetwood game, I think McCann was forced to play McGuinness. Um, McGuinness has been absolutely blowing since um since he had COVID. Like he's clearly struggling. Yeah. So the signing of Flores, who no, he, I'm not sure how fit he is or whether he'll be up to the standard of fitness needed. Um but I we especially now with Eve's injury, we're, we're struggling for that target man. Because he Eves is out till March, isn't he? So it's whether McGuinness can get himself fit. Um, and sort of ready to play um, 90 minutes because he, he has look, look like he's struggling. So, yeah, we might struggle for goals, um, like free-flowing goals, but I still fancy us to get, get a couple, like you say, maybe from midfield or maybe like a cheeky full-back from 25 yarders or something. Nice, nice. Okay. Uh, Joe, <laughs> what's your take on the on the game and what, what score do you think it'll be? And also, I'll throw the same question at you, who would you start in goal? I would be starting Ingram in goal. It's just, 
I think it's probably that Long's possibly still tainted by the back end of last season, which obviously wasn't um, his fault. But yeah, Ingram, I feel a lot more confident when he's in goal. So I'd, I'd be sticking with him, um, providing he's fixed. I think my understanding is he had COVID as well, similar uh, similar to McGuinness. Um, and then I'm really looking forward to both the Accrington games. I think it's probably um, going to really give us a good idea where where we are at the moment. I think if they win all the games, Accrington, I think they'd even go above Lincoln, wouldn't they? I've not got the table with yeah, me. But... I haven't got no. uh, Let's have a look. Uh, Accrington have played that, 17. That... So the four games behind Lincoln. So that's a possible yeah, but... 12 point, which takes them to 45. Uh, yeah, 45, should, should yeah. they win every game. Yeah. So I think it's a really good test for us. Um, and I, I'm going to be positive and say, you know, we'll um, we'll make a mark and um, I'll go for 2-0 as well. And I, I'd quite like to see us, um, if McGuinness isn't fit, um, possibly Wilkes as the number nine and Potter Um and another winger out wide, like Alex said, maybe Flores, um, or or even Potter as the nine. Um, I think we did that. I can't remember which game it was. I think it was Charlton, uh, where we put him as nine for a bit and just got the ball in behind them, got the defence turned. Um, and then it'll yeah. be interesting to see how we do when we play at Accrington, because it would be typical City to beat them here and then go there and lose. But yeah, yeah. see. Yeah, well, I'm I'm in a sort of agreement with you guys. I, I would go with Ingram to start start the game. I think he's done enough this season to convince me that he should be starting the game, and I think he's a a good guide for for the likes of Greaves as well, who's, who's obviously cemented himself as one of our best um, defenders. And you know, for me as well, I'd quite like to see Fleming play as well and, and continue that run he's on at the minute, and and take it forward. I'm thinking it could be two one. To City, and again, sort of a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a, a tense encounter really with a, a relatively late goal. Hopefully, not as late as last night, but uh, a relatively late goal from the Tigers just to sort of cement our position in the league. I, I said on a previous podcast, if we've already had our bad spell, then it's it's dangerous for the rest of the league. So I, I firmly believe that we'll kick on and we'll use some momentum now. And even though we had a draw on Saturday. That's a game unbeaten, so we need to look at it in that way rather than look at two points lost. We need to look at the unbeaten streak we're on. Okay, so that brings us to the end of this week's edition of Wise Men Say, the Hull City podcast. A big thank you to our guest, Joe, for joining us this week. Thank you, Joe. Cheers, fellas. Thank you. Thanks for coming on, and, and, and like I say, don't be a, a stranger to the show. We'd like to have you on again sometime. It'd be great to have you on and see your insights as well. Uh, Alex, th thank you again for joining us as always. You know, uh, it's great hosting these podcasts with you and, and discussing all things City. Yeah, and thank you, Joe, for coming on. It's, I think you've done really well. You've shown some real good knowledge and, it's, you know, it's been great to sort of get to know you a bit better. So, yeah, you're welcome on in the future. Cheers, Alex. And the final thank you goes to, of course, the listeners who have been contributing via Twitter and engaging with all of our discussions as well. So a big thank you to everyone who's listened so far. Make sure you do share the podcast far and wide to make sure it reaches as many City fans as possible. 
And also uh, subscribe to our podcast for the latest updates and any bonus episodes that we might put out. Thank you very much, guys. And up the Tigers. Only fools rushing